wants to put on some muscle and maintenance with optimized programming at least a year. Yeah. And in, in my notes, I wrote a year for building OMG, all caps, because I can imagine people's responses like, oh, my gosh, a year. That's so long. Yeah, but really. But it's it, the truth. <laughs> yeah. This is not a couple months, a couple week thing. You know, there's a theme of like, how long does it take? My question is, what what's the fucking rush? Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks. Two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Iris, how are you today? I am good. You know, I had a killer workout this morning and it was so nice because we had a snow slash ice storm last night and nobody was at the gym this morning. So I had the whole place to myself and I didn't have to wait for anything. And it was just really great. (laughs) That is so, oh gosh, I absolutely love it. Magical. Oh yeah. Especially with an empty gym. Yes. I mostly empty. It was so great. There's this group of guys that are always there whenever I'm there. They're like old powerlifting guys. You know, you can just tell they wear like West Side stuff and Gold's Gym stuff. And there's one of them who's super nice. I don't know his name. He doesn't know my name, but he's always like cheerleading me, which is fun. And I was doing hack squats. And a couple weeks ago, he dared me to do a weight that I had never done. And I smashed it. Just saying. Yes, you did. (laughs) And then today he comes over and he's like, you got to put 245s on there. Come on now. So I told my coach and I was like, so (laughs) next week (laughs) I might die if you never hear from me again. (laughs) That's why. But I accepted the challenge. So and I do think I can do it. I don't think it'll be for many reps, but I think I can do it for one or two maybe so. That's exciting. That's exciting. How are you? I'm doing good. I actually have been teaching a lot at the pole studio and my workouts have been going good. My body's feeling good. And yeah, things overall, they're going pretty darn good over here. Cool. I wanted to shout you out because the last time just the two of us recorded, we totally blew past something that you said, which was you were in a calorie deficit. And you decided to get out and get back into maintenance. Yes. I want to dive into that just a little bit because was that a difficult decision for you? What was your thought process in that? Why did you decide that? Yeah. So it was a difficult decision because I have been feeling my clothes fitting differently. I really wanted to go into a deficit and just do like a little mini cut. And what I realized is in my workouts, Like when I was working out, when I'm at the studio, my workouts were suffering. My recovery was on point, but I was still feeling really run down, tired. And so I was equating that to my nutrition. And Uh, I realized, you know, right now with all the stuff on my plate, being a mom, running an in-person business, working in an online coaching team, and then having to go and teach 
essentially four classes in a week um, that are all an hour and a half and then get my strength training in, I had to really sit with the decision of, do I want to be in a deficit or should I go into maintenance? And I knew the answer and I didn't want to accept it, but I decided to maintain instead just because I want the extra energy. I want to keep up with the demands that I'm placing on my body. And I just couldn't do that in a calorie deficit. I was getting more emotional. I wasn't sleeping very well. I was getting stressed out a little bit more easily. I was just constant fatigue. And so it was a difficult decision because I'm like, well, here on one hand, I would like to feel a little bit better in my body. But then on the other hand, it's like, but your body's not feeling good in a deficit. Like it was feeling very run down. I was getting even hungrier than you're supposed to be in a deficit. Um, and I know mm. myself well, well enough to know what my deficits usually look like. And I had to step back and make the wise decision to go into maintenance and just chill there until things in life calm down. Good on you. That's hard for a lot of people to do. I think people hold really tightly to more things than they reasonably can sometimes. One of those things is being in a calorie deficit sometimes. Yeah. And so props to you. Thank you. Thank you. Because, yeah, it's not an easy decision to make. And I just had to really come to terms with the fact that right now, is not the time for me to be in a deficit. And then I also had to remind myself, bitch, you don't have a timeline. Right. You don't, you don't have a timeline. What's, what's the point, you know, if you're going to wake up and feel crummy all day, like for what? So I decided, you know, I'm just going to kick it in maintenance for a little bit until I am mentally, emotionally, and physically ready to go into a deficit. That's huge. And I'd be willing to bet your consistency would be a lot easier down the line when you do it then. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Because I was catching myself thinking a lot about like after I eat, when is my next meal? And it's like, "Mm, I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling. I want to be able Mm -hmm. to enjoy life without a deficit constantly weighing on me. Yeah. So I will link in the show notes an episode we did recently where we talked in depth about all of the symptoms that come along with being in a calorie deficit, why they're happening, how we can manage them a little bit. So perfect lead in, I think, to talking about all things maintenance. Yes. The most magical place on earth. Forget Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maintenance, you know, is very, in, in my opinion, maintenance is very underrated. Oh, yeah. It is so underrated. And I think that if there's somebody that is nervous to go into maintenance because they're constantly in and out of a calorie deficit, maintenance can be a really scary place for some people. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about it. And I actually got a lot of really great questions on Instagram. So if we don't answer them through the course of this conversation, we can at the end go through them and and talk about it a little bit. But maintenance is hard. It's scary. And I think one of the questions I got was, why does it seem harder to be in maintenance than in a calorie deficit? Which I think is an interesting question. And I think it's because people have a hard time setting goals that aren't related to weight or aesthetic changes. It seems like nothing's happening. It seems like stagnation when I think it's anything but. Yeah, I will have to agree with you there because I think a lot of people, if they're in a calorie deficit and then they are not at the 
weight or composition that they'd prefer, then going into maintenance can be really scary. When in reality, like maintenance is a really great place where you can recomposition your body, mm-hmm. where you start to be, you're able to have more energy for your workouts. And I, I agree. I think people get a little bit nervous going into maintenance, but what a lot of people don't realize is maintenance is kind of where the magic happens. Yeah. Your workouts are going to be better. Pretty much everything that we talked about in the episode of the symptoms of being in a calorie deficit, all of those symptoms kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. They they really do. Yeah. And I mean, think about it. If you are the kind of person that is either always gaining or always losing or always trying not to gain and always like up and down and up and down, my friend, that is what maintenance is for. You don't do yeah. that in maintenance. Yeah. No, you don't. And maintenance is a place where you can honestly set some really great strength goals. Oh, yeah. Super cool goals. I accomplished my first set of many chin-ups in maintenance. Yeah. I started from being able to do literally nothing to like, I don't remember, six or eight in a row in maintenance. And I was fueled for it and it was super dope. You're fueled for it. Mm -hmm. You have the energy that you don't when you're in a calorie deficit. A calorie deficit is just simply eating less energy than your body needs to maintain its current weight. So when you eat enough to maintain your current weight, you are going to have a lot more results physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like you're going to have a much better time with your workouts, you're going to be able to push yourself a little harder. You're going to feel better. You're going to, your body's going to be okay with moving more because you have enough energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's night and day. It's a night and day difference from being in a deficit to being in a true maintenance. And I've, I've said true maintenance a few times. And what I mean by that is actually finding your maintenance calorie range and staying there intentionally, not yes. like restricting all week and then going ham on the weekends and then maintaining unintentionally because you don't know you know, the data of what you're eating and it's, you're unintentionally evening it out. True maintenance is leaning into that discomfort, finding your maintenance range, staying there for a period of time. I like to describe it for people and (laughs) this is going to involve some hand motions. So that'll be fun on a podcast, but (laughs) imagine like one of those old school, like law scales, you know, it's, there's a pole in the middle and then there's two plates hanging from either side. When they're even, energy in, energy out, that's maintenance. And you can tip those scales by eating a little bit less energy in to go into a deficit, eating a little more energy in to go into a surplus. And the the maintenance, that's a range. That's a range of calories. That's a range of weight, which is one of the questions we got. What is What is a normal weight fluctuations in maintenance? So let's talk about the calories first. Maintenance is a range of calories. It's not like... For example, these are not numbers you should just take and run. For example, it's not as if you eat 2,000 calories and then 2,050 or anything above that is a surplus, right? It could be 1,900 to 2,300. It could be 2,100 to 2,400. And it depends on the person. And that largely depends on genetics, honestly, and your movement throughout the day. Your movement throughout the day can influence what your maintenance calories are. So I love that you brought up the scale and how that works. And I love also how you brought up the range 
the range of calories is so important because like Iris said, like if you have a range, you have some room to wiggle. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, on some days, let's say you have a really, really hard workout. And if you're only eating 2000 calories and that's it, number one, that's going to cause a lot of mental anguish trying to get the perfect amount of calories that that's we are striving for for progress. We are not striving for perfection. That's unnecessary. It's very unnecessary. And so when you have that range and that buffer, the scale is still going to even out, Mm -hmm. still going to even out. And I mean, scale irises law scale is what I mean, (laughs) not the actual scale that we stand on in our bathroom. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Having a range is so incredibly important because if you have a day where you go to the gym and you absolutely fucking crush it, like for me, it's on leg days. Like if I go in and have a good leg day the next day, I'm going to be more hungry. Big muscles are hungry. Yeah. (laughs) So what's really cool about having that range is that some days maybe you eat 2000 calories on other days maybe you eat 2300 calories because you need it you need that extra energy you can feel it in your body and because you're maintaining you don't have to worry as much about that mm-hmm. that's calorie cycling in a nutshell right eating less some days when you're not super hungry eating yeah. more other days when you are and it evens out over time And we never suggest to anybody to have a hard, static number of calories. I mean, even in a deficit, Mm -hmm. I never have just a hard number to hit. Mm -hmm. I always have a range of like 100 to 200 calories because it's just an unnecessary amount of stress to try to get that perfect every time, you know, we're fluctuating humans. (laughs) We have fluctuating energy needs and it's unnecessary. It's just overcomplicated, that kind of thing. So a range and you can you can experiment with yourself and you can push that range you know oh yeah we talked about with Lindsay. you know she had this idea and she works with a lot of women who have this idea that well this is my maintenance and anything over that is absolutely you know a surplus just hands down no questions asked and that's not always the case so you can push it up a little bit and see how much you can eat while still maintaining your weight that is so true and once you find out how much you can eat without pushing your weight. Number one, it makes meal planning a lot easier. It makes meal planning so much easier. It makes wanting to go out and have a special occasion a lot less stressful. Mm -hmm. And you just overall physically feel better. Mm -hmm. You sleep better. You recover better. You know, all of that requires energy. Sleeping does require energy. Working out requires energy, obviously. But other things also are affected in really positive ways. Maintenance is a really positive place to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's dive into the scale. Oh, boy. So first of all, (laughs) one thing that I want people to understand when they get to maintenance is that they will gain a little bit of weight. (gasps) Weight is not the same as body fat, though. No, it's not. Weight isn't the same. (laughs) (laughs) Say it with us now. Weight does not equal fat. Say it 10 more times. Doesn't equal fat. Now, when you go from being in a calorie deficit into maintenance, you are going to gain a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. That weight is water. Yep. It's extra food volume. There are many things that factor into that. Weight is multifactorial. Body fat is not. Body fat is more specific. And there are a lot of people who can lower their body fat percentage 
in maintenance Mm -hmm. just because they're getting fueled properly to be able to bring intensity to their workouts, to be able to create an improved composition than you already have. Because number one, you're going to be sleeping better. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're, you're going to have more of your sex drive back. Number three, you're going to be able to recover better after your workouts because your body's going to have enough energy to pour into that. So everything that we do expends energy. And if we're in a deficit, you're not going to want to expend much more. Your body's not going to want to expend much more. So going into maintenance is going to be super beneficial. All of those factors are just going to improve the ability to bring more intensity to your workouts Mm -hmm. and just movement in general. So imagine, if you will, get into the Twilight Zone here. Do you ever watch the Twilight Zone? My grandma loved that show. I did not. I tried to watch one episode and was like, fuck this. It's so weird. The only (laughs) one I remember was The Obsolete Man, and that gave me like PTSD. But anyway, (laughs) and the pig face people. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Never mind. Never mind that. Anyway. Gives me the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. So imagine, if you will, the graph of the scale over time, right? In a deficit, it goes down and down and down a little bit. Fluctuations down, down, down. At the bottom of your deficit, it's low, right? It's your lowest weight, whatever. When you go into maintenance, when you eat more calories, it's going to go up a little bit, fluctuating always, of course. And then you'll see over time, it will even out, right? So it does go up a little bit, but then it evens out if you stay with it and don't freak out and pull back and restrict calories again. (laughs) It will even out, fluctuating, of course. That, as we've just discussed, is not body fat. That is muscle glycogen. That is stomach contents. That is water weight. That is food in your bowels. All of that stuff, that is not fat and that is not worth stressing out about. And sometimes I'll get this question, well, if the scale goes up when I hit maintenance, should I just stay in a deficit a little bit longer to get a few pounds lower? And I mean, if you want to, I guess, but... (laughs) I think that's overthinking it. And I think that is a sign to me that the scale means more to you than data. Yeah, well, and I deal with this a lot with clients too. You know, they want to go into maintenance, but they don't want to gain that quote unquote weight. Mm -hmm. And the hard part about that is it, it is scary in the beginning. It is scary to step on the scale and be like, oh my God, the number's up. When in reality, that's just a data point. And what people don't always understand is the scale. You can manipulate the scale the most. Oh, yeah. I mean, go drink a big glass of water and step on the scale. Exactly. And then eat some salty food and you're going to be up a couple pounds. You yeah. Know? In an hour. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's really important that people remember is that maintenance is where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Maintenance is where you have energy. Maintenance is where you can set some pretty incredible strength goals and performance goals and lifestyle goals. You know, if if your goal is to walk 10,000 steps a day, you're going to have more energy to actually do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really taken for granted what maintenance can do for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think people use weight goals as a distraction for doing some hard work, you know, feeling the feels, unpacking them, healing from various things. It's really easy to say, well, if I weigh this much, it'll be fine. 
or if I have this thing to work for, then I won't have to think about the other stuff. Yeah. And I think in maintenance is where you really have the energy to get down and dirty with all of that stuff and really do some serious work because that is hard and a deficit. It is. It is. I mean, and I don't think a lot of people understand like when you're in a deficit, it's a stress on your body. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a stress on your body. And so when you move into maintenance and transition into maintenance, that stress slowly becomes alleviated. So a lot of people before they dive into maintenance, you know, that question that you would ask like, hey, I want to lose the last five to 10 pounds or the scenario that you use. My question that I ask people is how is your life going to dramatically change if you lose five to 10 pounds? What, what does that look like to you? How are you going to be able to stay in a deficit, to lose those last five to 10 pounds when really five to 10 pounds isn't really a lot. Mm-mm. No, we're not talking about like five to 10 pounds causing like mobility issues and movement issues. That would be a much higher like weight loss goal. Five to 10 yes. pounds is not that dramatic change to your life. It really isn't. No. And honestly, I mean, for I assert for a lot of people, no one's even going to tell. Exactly. And no one's going to know. I mean, unless you're very lean, getting leaner, I I really don't think anyone's going to tell. Exactly. And what is what is that five to 10 pounds going to really do for you? Is it really worth the sacrifice of spending more time in a deficit? Is it really worth the the lack of sleep? Is it really worth all of those symptoms to lose the last five to 10 pounds? Or is it going to better and enhance your life to go into maintenance and start getting performance goals, start you know, lifting heavier in the gym, you're going to have the energy to do that. Mm -hmm. I vote that one. (laughs) Yeah, put me down for that. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And here's the deal. Your behaviors in a cut, in a deficit, are a big indicator of how successful you're going to be at maintenance. Because a lot of people have a very diet mindset, right? Eating the lowest calorie foods all the time, going for diet stuff all the time, which isn't always inherently bad, obviously. You know, some of that stuff is lower calorie and it makes it very easy to stay in a deficit. But that mindset of restriction, can't have this, can't do this, can't go there, can't, can't, can't. If you take that into maintenance, that is not going to set you up for success. It is an emotional experience the first time you do it because there's a lot of fear involved. What if I gain all the weight back? But one thing that I tell people is use that calorie deficit. Everything you were doing in a deficit, you should be doing in maintenance, but just with more calories. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be that you're in a calorie deficit for a long time and then you decide to go into maintenance and eat whatever the fuck you want. Like that's not how that works. This is lifestyle that we're talking about here. Everything you're practicing in a deficit, you should be doing in maintenance. The only difference is instead of having fat-free stuff or reduced fat or lower calorie stuff, you know what? Have a little bit higher calorie things. Instead of doing like low-fat cottage cheese, do whole milk cottage cheese. Little things like that can really, really help. But I think where a lot of people kind of drop the ball is they think that their calorie deficit is supposed to look much different than their maintenance. When in reality, like the whole lifestyle sustainable change thing you should be eating the same way in both calorie deficit and maintenance. Just in maintenance, you're going to have a little bit more calories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked about this not too long ago on my stories is I, like neither of us, we don't have like a deficit diet and then a maintenance diet. 
Like we don't have diet foods and then maintenance foods. That exactly. comes from the diet mindset of like all this stuff is off limits because it's bad for whatever reason they've decided on. People don't succeed at that because then when you're out of the, the diet, the deficit, what do you do? You just go back to quote unquote normal. You haven't learned anything. And it's just the, the cycle begins anew. It's the yo-yo mindset. When you're in maintenance, you don't want that yo-yo mindset. When you're in a deficit, you don't want that yo-yo mindset. Just get rid of the fucking yo-yo mindset, first of all. But yes, your maintenance should look like your deficit just with more calories. And your your surplus should look like your maintenance and deficit with a surplus of calories. So Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I see a lot is people get so afraid to go into maintenance because they're worried that they're going to go back into like habits that they've tried so hard to break Mm -hmm. when in reality, we need to be focusing on the habits that you're trying to create and use that, apply it to your life. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you you get yourself up to maintenance and you realize that the trend is going up a little bit and up and up other than that first, you know, maybe week or so of gaining, so you overshot it a little bit. That's not the end of the world. Just pull back a little bit couple hundred calories. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And a really good person um, that talks a lot about that is Susan Niebergall. Mm -hmm. Like she talks about that all the time. Like I eat the same thing all the time. And if I go into a deficit, I just reduce what I eat a little bit. If I go into a surplus, I add a little bit. I mean, maintenance doesn't have to be this scary fucking place where you feel like all of your progress is going to be lost. In fact, Going into maintenance is going to be a way to see more progress. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's jump into some questions. And of course, we will realize things that we forgot to say (laughs) (laughs) as it goes. Um, Thank you guys, by the way, for all these great questions. What are some things you wish people knew about maintenance? And we talked about a lot of it, but is there anything else or maybe just one thing you want to just really get people thinking about, I guess. The one thing about maintenance that I don't think a lot of people really understand is how much progress you can make in maintenance, how it's going to affect your strength, how it's going to affect your recovery, how it's going to affect your mood, your sleep. I really think that maintenance is so underrated because it can do so much to improve your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I agree. I would also add that the weight you gain is, again, it's not fat. You really have to just be patient and come back down to earth of this is data. It doesn't mean anything about me as a person, you know, and accept that the scale will go up a little bit and realize that the trend will even out over time and let yourself experience that. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to tell my clients who do diet breaks and diet breaks are just essentially they're in a deficit and then they go into maintenance for, you know, anywhere between two to four weeks and then go back into a deficit. But what is so interesting is people will tell me how much better they feel. They experience this and then it's easier to go back into a deficit once you've taken like a diet break. I always I think everybody should take diet breaks, especially if you are going to be in a calorie deficit for a long time. It's really important to take a diet break. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything improves and it will give you a little oomph of motivation to continue when you realize that like, okay, I'm a little bit refreshed. I feel good. And now let's get back into it and hammer it out. Get back into it. 
get back into it, <laughs> hammer it out. Ways to track progress and maintenance other than the scale. Love this. Yes. Love this. Being able to track your strength progress and see what kind of difference being in maintenance makes to your lifts. Are you able to lift more weight? Are you able to have more endurance during your workouts? Are you taking shorter rest times? Those are really great ways to track progress. The way your clothes fit is another great one. Progress photos, measurements. There's so much that you can do to track progress and maintenance that don't involve the scale. What do you think, Iris? I agree. And I think that goes for anybody in any phase who doesn't want to use the scale. I mean, there's no law saying you have to weigh yourself if it's something you really don't want to do for whatever reason. You don't have to. And I would also, just adding on to the part about clothes and pictures, understanding that as always, we are fluctuating humans. So, you know, some days those jeans might seem a little tight and some days they might not. Some days you might be a little bloated, some days you might not, you know. It's we are always <laughs> in a constant state of fluctuation and you can't take any one data point and freak out that something's going wrong. Yeah, again, even in maintenance, we mm-hmm. wanna look at the month to month trend. We want to look and see that nice, steady, steady line where every single day you might be up, down, up, down, up, down. But over time, that's going to be more of a straight line versus being in a calorie deficit where from month to month, you're going to see the downward trend. This, you're going to see the straight line. Mm -hmm. Yep. And even adding on to that too, like that straight line might be a little bit wiggly because again, say it with me now, we are fluctuating humans. And sometimes... You know, over a couple of weeks, we might gain a few pounds. And then over the next couple of weeks, we might lose the few pounds. And then it's just, I mean, how many times can we say it? We're fluctuating people. And there is a range of fluctuations in maintenance, just like any other phase. Yep. Just like in a deficit, just like in a surplus, there is going to be fluctuations. And mm-hmm. if you're focusing more on the fluctuations than you are on other measures of progress, you're doing yourself a really big disservice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Too much energy is going into that. And that's just going to stress you out. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, And on that same note, here's one. What is a normal fluctuation of weight during maintenance? Like five pounds, less, more? I'd say between two and four. Mm -hmm. A little bit different if you have periods because that can make it fluctuate even more. Like I know when it's my cycle, I can fluctuate anywhere between two to six pounds. Mm -hmm. And that's again, not a hard number either. For somebody, it might be, you know, three to seven. It's not It's a a hard, yeah. And for somebody who's maybe lost a significant amount of body fat and has some loose skin, it could be even more because that loose skin sometimes retains water with certain Mm -hmm. foods. And that's just... It's very individual and it depends on a lot of things like the kinds of foods you're eating, what you're eating, how much you're eating, what time of day you're eating, you know, when you peed last, (laughs) all of that. (laughs) Exactly. And so I think it's important to not use the scale as a marker of progress. You know, I mean, it's good for month to month data, Mm -hmm. right? But don't use the scale as your only measure of progress because you're going to be let down. Yeah. Never use it as your only marker of progress. (laughs) 
Do you have to reverse or can you just jump up from a deficit? So reverse dieting, we're going to define it as, and we're not talking about people who have legitimately been chronically under eating for a long time. We're talking about people who have just been in a calorie deficit and lost some body fat. And reverse dieting in that context would be just adding calories over a week or a couple weeks to get back into maintenance, to find your maintenance. For example, for my diet break, I'm not reversing. I'm just going to jump right up. But at the end of the next phase of this fat loss phase, I'm going to reverse for about three weeks. And I'm just going to add 200 calories every week until my weight stabilizes. And this is one of those things we could get into the weeds about reverse dieting because people overcomplicate it. And I, I see people who don't need to because they are not chronic under eaters, but they add like 10 calories a week. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're just That's prolonging your deficit. Dieting. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're just yeah. staying in a deficit way longer than you need to. So you don't have to reverse diet. I would maybe suggest it if you have lost like a significant amount of body fat, like 50 pounds or more, you can jump up a little bit by little bit um, until you, your weight stabilizes and you can find your maintenance that way. Or if you've never found maintenance before, that'd be great. That's a great way if you've never found your yeah. maintenance before. It's a great way to do that. What else would you add to that? I think you really covered it. All right. Reverse dieting really gets me annoyed sometimes because I see people <laughs> killing themselves and wasting so much time taking way longer than they need to to get into maintenance because they've been told by somebody that they need to reverse diet as long as they've been in a calorie deficit or something ridiculous like that. No, and it's like, no, you don't need not, to. That no, ain't it. No, no, no. And okay, same vein. Can you reverse diet your calories into a higher maintenance? No. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> no. So here's the deal. People think this, but what's really happening is they are actually finding their higher end of their maintenance for the first time. And they just never knew it. They never gave themselves that. So they think that by reversing or reversing slower, they have done something magical to their metabolism and given themselves higher calories. And that's just not, there's no research to support that. Yeah, there's not. Yeah. Why do I still get so hungry at maintenance? Well, you're probably not a maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Sorry. <laughs> that was a little more blunt than I intended. But yeah, you're probably not in maintenance if you're still really hungry. Yeah, either that or you're doing the diet food thing and you're not actually satisfied. Yeah, that's very true. If you're eating like low fat, lower calorie foods, you're not fueling yourself enough to stay full. You're not eating enough satiating foods. Mm -hmm. Or conversely, you're eating too many calorie dense foods and fitting them into your calories. And so they're not actually filling you up, mm -hmm. like literally not actually filling your stomach. And also understanding that we're going to get hungry <laughs> no matter what. I mean, we just get hungry sometimes. You know, we've trained our bodies, a lot of us, to eat at certain times. And when that time rolls around, then we start getting that little grumble in our tummy. And that's just part of, you know, being human. But if you're like so hungry at maintenance, those things we mentioned. Yeah. All right. How long do I have to stay in maintenance before I cut again? 
for a diet break. However long you want. Like stay in maintenance. And then when you feel mentally, physically, and emotionally ready to go into a deficit, then go into a deficit. But if you have my situation where you go into a deficit and you realize, ooh, I shouldn't be here right now, then you can go back up to maintenance. It's really dependent on the person. Some people want to maintain for about you know, six months. Other people want to maintain for a couple of weeks, which is really a diet break. But I think that it's really important to know that that's very individual to you as a person. Mm-hmm. I would say if it's a diet break specifically, at least three or four weeks. Yeah. Just to give yourself a break. Yeah. Because then you're going to, like Iris had mentioned, like you're going to have more energy. You're going to have more motivation to go into a deficit. You're, you're kind of getting some alleviation from the stress that you're putting on your body. So Mm -hmm. definitely recommend number one, diet breaks, three to four weeks. Maintenance. Maintenance is where you want to be for Mm -hmm. your life. Like it's not a plateau. And I think it's important for people to know that it's not a plateau. Yeah. What I think when I hear this question is that a lot of people think what they want is the weight loss, but what they really want is the aesthetic of having some muscle. Yes. And that number they've decided will give them that aesthetic, like their goal number, their magic number. And for a lot of people, that is not how it works. So for them, they would need to stay in maintenance longer. And actually, you know, lift heavy, lift with intensity and put on some muscle mass, which leads into another question is, you know, how long does that take? (laughs) And brace yourselves. (laughs) A long time. It does take a long time. If you think being in a deficit and doing that sustainably takes a long time, try being in a surplus. Yeah. Because surplus, I really feel is much harder than being in a deficit. Because it takes a long time to build muscle. It takes a long time to, you know, make sure that you're fueling enough. But what's important is, you know, there's a theme of like, how long does it take? My question is, what what's the fucking rush? That's my question is, what is the rush? You know, why, why do you want to get from point A to point B in the fastest way you can? It takes a long, long time to build muscle. It takes less time to lose body fat. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think for somebody who is relatively new to lifting and wants to put on some muscle and maintenance with optimized programming, I mean, at least a year. Yeah. And in in my notes, I wrote a year for building OMG, all caps, because I can imagine people's responses like, oh, my gosh, a year. That's so long. Yeah, really. But it's the truth. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the most optimal space for building muscle, appreciable muscle, is in a surplus, a slight surplus. But if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. But maintenance, you got to give it time. And you got to make sure your training is on point and your recovery. So it takes a while. This is not a couple months, a couple week thing. I'm really glad that you touched on that because I think a lot of people are used to, you know, if they've been in a calorie deficit before, they've seen, if it's sustainable, they've seen it go down over the past few months, but with building, it is very different. It is very difficult to build in a way that is where you're not going to gain as much fat. Mm -hmm. You will gain a little bit. You will gain a little bit of body fat. (laughs) Oh yeah, you will. It's just part of the process, Um, but we know how to lose it. So that's fine. Yeah. On that note, is it true that putting on muscle can increase your maintenance calories? So Yes, technically, but (laughs) 
Yes, technically, but not as much as people think. Yeah. For every pound of muscle that you put on, your body burns an extra six calories per day. And so for 10 pounds of muscle, which (laughs) that'll take a long fucking time, let me tell you, that's like 60 extra calories per day. And that's, I bet, not as much as, as you were expecting. I think there are so many wonderful things about strength training and exercising. So many reasons to do it, but that is not one of them. I agree. And, you know, there are other reasons to be building muscle. You know, mm-hmm. it's building bone density. It's aging well. Aging well. Exactly. Those those types of things are really important. And, you know, when people do ask the question, how long, how long, like that's a red, red flag. Like, are you going to do this sustainably or do, are you trying to rush through the process? Yeah. I, this um, marketing, at least from what I've seen, has died down a little bit, but it's like lift weights, eat more. Eh. Not a lot eh. more. Not a lot more. <laughs> Not a lot more. No. All right. Two more quick ones. How do you know you're lifting heavy enough to see body recomp and maintenance? We could do a whole episode on RPE and RIR. Yeah. Do that uh, another time. But look those up and start gauging them for yourself. And also, like I said a second ago, make sure that your training is optimized for hypertrophy. Um, we've talked yes. about before, just because you're using weights in the gym does not necessarily mean that you are using a program or doing things that are conducive to putting on the muscles. Muscles. Yeah. (laughs) So a hypertrophy program with progressive overload. And then the last few reps, man, they got to be challenging. If they're just as easy as the first few, you are not even close to lifting heavy enough. And not only lifting, you know, heavy enough and intensely enough, but tracking your progress. Yes. Making sure that you're tracking how much weight you're lifting in the gym, making sure you're taking measurements, making sure that, you know, you're taking progress photos. Those are good ways to track whether or not you are recomping. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because I hear from a lot of people, you know, I'm not making progress. I'm not making progress. Well, you don't know because you're not tracking. So you got to track. Exactly. Last one. I have never counted calories before, but saw the reel starting in maintenance. How to find calories. So I made a reel a while ago. Somebody asked, I've never counted calories before. Should I start in maintenance or a deficit? And I said, hands down maintenance, because you can know that and then adjust up or down depending on your goal. So how to find your maintenance calories if you've never counted before? So there are a couple ways that you can do that if you want to calculate your maintenance calories. Um, You can multiply your body weight times 13 and that'll give you a general, like that's not specific. Just remember that. It's an estimate. It's not specific. If you want something more specific, you can go on to the tdeecalculator.net and you can calculate what your maintenance calories can be. It's not Mm -hmm. going to be exact. That's why you have to track your progress. That's why you should be weighing weighing yourself. That's why you should be taking progress photos. It's why you should be tracking your weights in the gym. You need to make sure that you track your progress once you have that number. That way, you know whether or not you're in maintenance. You can see the trend after about a month and give it at least four weeks of accurate and consistent tracking. 
because you can't track for a week and then not track for a week or only track during the week and not on weekends and be like, oh, I'm not maintenance. Like, well, you got <laughs> yeah. to do the due diligence and give it your best shot. Yes. To find your maintenance. Yep. All right. That is all the questions I have. There is so much to be said about maintenance, and this is not the last time we'll talk about it. No, definitely not. Thank you, everybody, for hanging with us. Thank you for your questions. Um, If you ever want us to talk about something in particular, just ask. Find us on Instagram and ask. And we hope you guys have a beautiful day. Yes, have a good day, you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>